Hi, this is Bernard Mayo, and you're listening to UMass Women's Basketball on 91.1 WMUA. What is up, everyone? Coming to you live from the WMUA studio, it's game day for the UMass Minute Women's women basketball team. And they have a game today against the Maine Black Bears, an America East opponent here at the Mullen Center. I'm Josh Schreiber. Alongside me, Sam Kinches, Chris Vogel, and, of course, Jacob Munch. And we are getting ready for a pretty big game coming off of a tough loss, but a hard-fought loss against the Tennessee Lady Vols. And, guys, what a game that was. But before we start talking about that, this show is brought to you by The Quarters, located just off Route 9 on the bike trail in Hadley. The Quarters offers unlimited arcade play with 25 vintage games from the 80s and 90s, as well as a full food menu, draft beers and cocktails. Weekly events at The Quarters include Monday trivia, Thursday karaoke, and weekend morning unlimited cereal buffet and cartoons. The Quarters also offers private events. The Quarters is online at HadleyQuarters.com and on Instagram and Facebook. So... With that being said, guys, how are we doing and how are we feeling about this Minute Women team? Well, I can't get Rocky Top out of my head for some reason. But other than that, I'm I wonder s- why. <laughs> I wonder why. But other than that, I am absolutely psyched. This, they played at, there was just such a fight that this team showed that was truly awe-inspiring. They played out of their minds in every capacity, rebounding, ferocity, just... Playing te- beating Tennessee at their own game in some facets, outscoring them in the fourth quarter, and they were never out of the game. And overall, it was just a fun game to be a part of. Back and forth, you never knew which way it was going to go. Yeah, there were a lot of moral victories to take from the Tennessee game. I think when you can battle like they did, the first quarter extremely co- close, the first half very close as well. The only issue for UMass was they fell off a little bit in the third quarter. A lot of moral victories, but I personally kind of feel like we're approaching that time in this program and for a lot of these players' college careers that, all right, moral victories are great, but at some point you actually do have to get the big victory, and it's a shame that they weren't able to come away with it on Thursday. UMass, though, they did everything they needed to do to win that game and to give themselves a chance. The only issue was... They couldn't make their shots. Tennessee just made a couple more shots every quarter. That adds up to the nine-point victory that the Lady Volunteers walked away with. Yeah, I thought the biggest thing to take out of this game was they finally rebounded. Mm. Lost the rebound battle to Sumption, lost it to Central Connecticut State, and then somehow go to Tennessee, play a team that's full of six-footers, and win that. That's something they need to take take with them going forward. Got to be able to rebound to be consistent and... That's the one positive. Like you said, shots, only 8 for 30 from 3. It showed they can play with a good team, and when they go down to Arizona in a couple weeks, that's going to be their next shot to get a win over a Power 5 team. I think that's a great chance for them to pick one or two up there. And you mentioned the rebounding. UMass out-rebounded Tennessee 49-45, to which first of all shows just how many missed shots there were on both ends. <laughs> but also, Tennessee was second in Division One basketball last year in rebounds. They have so many players taller than UMass, only two teams had out-rebounded Tennessee in the last 12 months. 
Stanford and South Carolina, which were the two finalists last year in the Final Four, and now UMass adds their name to the list as well. They turned it up energy-wise. They turned it up passion and desire-wise, and that made a huge difference. You think they can keep that with them when they start progressing further? Is that something you only see against Tennessee? No, I think they could do that like in NCAA tournament games against other Atlantic 10 teams. But against smaller teams like Maine today, maybe they there's a bit of a letdown. But I think they definitely can carry that. It's taxing, but it's good. The thing for me that sh- shocks me the most is that UMass doubled Tennessee's total for offensive mm-hmm. rebounds. Tennessee had 11. UMass had 22. Let that sink in. UMass got the majority of their points off second chance points. And that goes to your point, Jacob. Intensity, veracity, and just energy. Getting out there, cleaning the gap, clean the glass, and... Getting gag up for easy shots that contributed to it was an overall team effort with four players in double digits, four out of five starters. I mean, that's not a team effort. I don't know what is. Yeah, it was definitely a big team effort. Jacob, you brought up a good point of having a potentially having a letdown here against Maine. Maine is an undersized opponent compared to, I guess, specifically to Tennessee, but really to any team that they will play as the year goes along. Maine got out rebounded by James Madison. Uh, in their first game, Maine is 1-0. But they are projected to finish second place in uh, the America East Conference. They're not a team that kind of like... I, they're a better team than Central Connecticut State. Yeah. Definitely. They're a guard-dominated team, but they are a type of team that they can surprise you. They can score some points. They can hit some threes. And if UMass has a letdown game, they could definitely lose this game. So... I think one thing we're going to have to focus on, clearly rebounding was a huge focus for the Minute Women going into the Tennessee game. We saw that Coach Verdi talked about it constantly, about that it was rebounding is all about effort. I would not be surprised if UMass comes out and plays with that same energy, knowing that they just came off of a loss. They want to get back into the win column as they head up um, closer to Boston for their next two games before going to Miami for the Thanksgiving tournament. But I I think if they can put on a show rebounding, players like Sam Breen, Sam Breen could have a career day against an undersized opponent in the main Black Bears. Yeah, I definitely think so. But this main Black Bear team is actually pretty good. Last year, they were the number one seed in America East. They went to the WNIT where they lost, albeit in the first round. They have a four-time America East Coach of the Year in Amy Vachon. They have the reigning America East Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year. This team is good. They're just not big, like you said, Josh. So if I'm UMass, I won't. I don't waste around with all those, all those three-pointers they attempted versus Tennessee early on. Give the ball to Sam Breen. Give the ball to McKenna White, Angelique Alakulondi. Have your guards drive right down towards the paint and then establish your dominance down there right around the basket, and then you can maybe start to expand your game as the game goes along. Yeah, so Maine, right now they're projected to be a March Madness team. They're the projected auto qualifier in a 15 seed. They picked up a pretty decent win their first time out. Uh, went down to James Madison and beat them at the buzzer on a Foreman layup. Uh, they play. They're kind of similar to UMass in the sense that they're going to play their starters a lot of minutes. Mm. They had two players play thirty-eight, and then another two that played thirty-three and thirty-four each. So this could be a game where we're just going to see each starting five going against each other. Uh, like you said, Simon had twenty-one for them last game. Probably the best player in that conference. 
Yeah, and the thing about what UMass, we can see Destiny Philoxy going off for potentially double-digit assist this game. She needs to really be that facilitator that she knows she can be and just make smart passes, not try to do too much. This is a game that, when coming off a, a hard-fought game against a ranked opponent, it's hard to come down from that high when you have so many positives going for you. You need to make sure you don't play down to your opponent and don't underestimate them because then this can potentially become a trap game if they don't do it the right way. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that, Sam. But keep in mind that players like Bernaya Mayo, who I, I don't think got enough recognition for that game against Tennessee, we were still, I mean, I don't want to say we, but everyone still is focused on, you know, Sam Breen. She had 18 and 12, which honestly, we felt like she had a bit of an off game, yeah. at least in the second half. She had a so dominant spoiled. first half. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but Bernaya Mayo was a huge reason why UMass was even in that game to begin with. She was doing an incredible job after what Coach Verdi called a disappointing game one against Central Connecticut State. Bernaya Mayo kept them in that game in the fourth quarter. She played very well. When they weren't able to hit shots, she was able to. And, of course, Destiny Filoxi, she got that steal um, towards the end of the game to cut the lead to just five for Tennessee. Unfortunately, it would not get any closer after that, but it was the type of effort that, you know, we, we've said it several times, the type of effort that if they can bring that to their bigger games, once they get into conference play, once they get into tournament play, they're going to be a very difficult team to beat, especially if those shots start to fall. They can go and compete with some of the best in the country. And I think we've seen, especially in the Tennessee game, the maturation and growth of Bernaya Mayo and Sidney Taylor because we knew what they could do offensively. But in the Tennessee game, late down the stretch, in clutch moments, Coach Verdi always wanted the ball in Bernayo Mayo's hands. Give her the ball. They have full trust that she will make the right play, and she basically always did. And while her three-point shot hasn't been falling, she's been so good everywhere else. And another player whose three hasn't been falling is Sid Taylor. She's just two for 15 behind the arc. But she is third on the team in rebounds in 12. She leads the team in assists with 10. She's no longer just shooting the basketball from anywhere. She is putting her foot down, making the right play, making the team first play. She had like six rebounds in the fourth quarter against Tennessee just in those 10 minutes. And I think we're really watching these two players become full basketball players right in front of our eyes, not just scorers. Like you said, with Taylor, is she's contributing without the shot, which just means when she starts knocking that, which we know she can, she's going to be very productive. My favorite Mayo stat from the Tennessee game, zero turnovers. Four assists, no turnovers, had 15 points. Solid game all around, just not making mistakes and making the right play, as you said. And every player on Tennessee was taller than her. And right. she didn't turn the ball. No panic. She'd get doubled. She said she was happy when they brought the press because she said, great, I could just take these players on and go to the hoop. She liked that more when Tennessee was pressing. And so, yeah, I think the zero turnovers is huge for Bernaya. Nothing rattles her. Yep. That's just the way things are. They're just fearless. They just want to come at you with everything they got. And I think that at this added this new part of their games that offers unique versatility that can really carry them deep into conference play tournament play, and even NCAA tournament play. 
Yeah, absolutely. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back and continue to break down some of this main game coming up tonight. Jacob Munch will be on the call with Maddie Mildwaff at 7 p.m. from the Mullen Center. And then going into further, a little bit further down the line, Harvard, UMass will be traveling to Harvard to play against them on Friday. So when we come back, we'll have that. But stay right here. Get your vitamins A, B, C. Wanna be strong, shop GTC. GTC, gardening the community means high quality fruit and veggies at a discount, and we support youth development right here in the Springfield, Mass. area. Increíble. Show your UMass pride everywhere you go with a UMass Amherst special license plate. All proceeds benefit student scholarships and programs, and the special plate fee is tax-deductible. Get all the details and order your plate at umassalumni.com or call 800-456-UMASS. Remember to ride with UMass Pride. Hi, this is Kristen Williams, and you're listening to UMass Women's Basketball on 91.1 WMUA. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to WMUA's Women's Basketball Show. I'm Josh Schreiber, once again joined by Sam Kinches, Chris Vogel, and Jacob Munch. And so right now we're just breaking down the main Black Bears and what they are going to bring to the table tonight against the Minute Women. And obviously we've talked about the Tennessee Lady Vols match, but I think it, it's kind of time to push that into the past it really doesn't matter anymore because i think tonight is going to be very telling to see how this team how this minute women team bounces back from a big loss from a kind of a a crushing loss in a way where you know we're making light of the loss and pointing to all the positives but this is a team they went into this game fully expecting that they would be able to win this game so they it makes the loss a little bit more challenging to deal with. How will they come out after a big loss? Because this may happen again throughout the year. It's very rare that a team wins every single game in a season. They're going to most likely have more losses in their future. It's big to see how you bounce back. Especially especially that the season, especially when it gets to conference play, this is a good time to to test your resilience, to see how you're going to respond mentally, how you're going to take that mom- perceived momentum that you have from that loss and just see where you're going to go where, and where you are. And I'm excited to see specifically, I'm excited to see how Destiny Philoxy is going to respond. She was the anchor and the motor of the energy of that team she always has been. And I'm excited to see how her leadership is just going to everyone keep calm, keep collected, and let's, let's just get a win here. I think a large point of tonight's game against the Black Bears is going to be simply who can shoot the basketball better. UMass didn't shoot well against Tennessee, and Maine did not shoot great from distance against James Madison. Yes, they won by two on a practically buzzer beater, as you said earlier, Chris, but shooting just like 25% from three isn't exactly going to cut it. 
I think as the season goes along, both teams will find their shooting rhythm and find their shooting legs, but neither program has yet. And so I think that's a big key for today's game is who can make those shots. And for Maine, they had one of their starters, Anna Kalen. She went down with an injury one minute into the season last Monday. So who is going to step up in her absence? Olivia Rookwood did a very good job coming off the bench. But then that means who's going to step up in Rookwood's absence off the bench. So it creates a ripple effect. So the main Black Bears need everyone to step up and fill the void if Kalen doesn't play. Like you said, Rookwood stepped up, had a great game, 34 minutes off the bench. Was probably the best shooter in that game, or even the best shooter between UMass and Maine so far this season. Mm. Six for 12 from the field, and even better, five for nine from three-point mm. range. That could be a problem for a minute women team that's not shooting well. But I think the key to the game, they got to bring that intensity on the boards. You can't continuously get out-rebounded by these smaller teams. If you play 80% as well on the boards as you did against Tennessee, that'll be plenty to dominate this game. That's all they have to do. If they can rebound, they will win this game. We also know what this team is capable of shooting-wise. It's not that they don't have players that can't shoot the basketball. Sydney Taylor' nickname is Swish for a reason. She, she's one of the best shooters in the team in the conference. And Sambri can shoot when she needs to. And Bernaya Mayo is a very underrated three-point shooter. It's not talked about enough. So that being said, if they get hot at the right time, they could be lethal in this game, and they can pull away very quickly. I'm kind of hoping that this, this game has the potential, one, to be an upset, but it also has the potential for UMass to win the first quarter by 12 points, be up 20 at half, and just lay the dagger into a Black Bear team very early on. They didn't do that a ton last year. UMass, against a lot of opponents, they let UMass Lowell hang around. They let Vermont hang around. Fair flair for the dramatic. (laughs) Yes, they really do, but can they show that they can just punch a team in the mouth and ride that the rest of the way. I don't know. We'll have to see tonight. Yeah, and I think that not only just getting the team morale up and getting building that confidence by having a big first quarter, big first half, it can also help this team to see what they have in terms of their depth pieces. I would love to see what Kristen Williams can do for more of an extended period of time. Maybe we see Steph Kuleja in there for the first time this season. Maybe we see Piath Gabriel get some run. You know, Piath could potentially have a breakout game in this one if she's able to get things going. She can stretch the floor six foot five. That's going to be unstoppable when she's doing the right things against a team, specifically against a team like Maine. So we didn't see her against Tennessee. We saw her a little bit against Central Connecticut State. Saw some good things, saw some not so good. I'm really hopeful that they can build build up an early lead early on and maybe get some of those depth pieces in the game to see what they have. That's also huge to open it up early. I'm a little worried that UMass, it's not a quick turnaround, but they did have to make the flight up from Tennessee. Maine hasn't played in over a week, so if you let this hang around late, they might have the fresher legs. And I don't Can somebody confirm this? Has Breen sat at all this year? I know she played every minute against. <laughs> Breen missed one minute against Central Connecticut State because I was bummed because I thought she'd be able to get her career yep. high, but then okay. they took her off, and so, so she settled with she's paid, she's played 79 of 80 minutes so As far. has Sydney Taylor. That's yes. insane yep. if you think about it. They've played every minute of every game so far. Credit, I am not surprised given knowing about Tory Verdi's teams. <laughs> yeah, what we saw last, they did this last year too, so it's not really... Tight rotations, yeah. running up the minutes, it's very it's, it's very much in character, but like, wow. Like, do you get to a point, like, 
does fatigue set in at some point when you're thinking long term? Because it's been year after year for Bree. Oh, yeah. Look, she's played, she's played like 38 minutes a game for three straight seasons. Right. Yeah, I I think that I don't necessarily think that's going to change. I think it would need <laughs> oh, to no. take uh, being up by a wide margin for anything to happen there. And for all we know, that's what Sam Breen likes. That's what Sidney sure. Taylor, I'm sure it is what they both like. They like to be on the floor every minute of the game. It was, I wouldn't say it was surprising in the Tennessee game, but just being there, that was such an intense game running back and yeah. forth constantly. Such a high-paced game, and it was really an incredible game to watch. One of the best basketball games I've ever watched in terms of just physicality and the speed of the game and just the atmosphere as a whole. But coming into a game like this one, you know, when they do have an opportunity to hopefully come out to a 12, 15-point lead, maybe they can have Sid Taylor take a rest and get Kuleja in there. Maybe they can have Sam Breen take a rest and get Pioth in there. But overall, it's going to be interesting to see what happens I do want to just take this time to say that this radio show is brought to you by The Quarters, located just off Route 9 on the bike trail in Hadley. The Quarters offers unlimited arcade play from the 80s and 90s, as well as a full food and drink menu. Weekly events at The Quarters include Monday trivia, Thursday karaoke, and weekend morning unlimited cereal, buffet, and cartoons. The Quarters offers private events, and The Quarters is online at HadleyQuarters.com and on Instagram and Facebook. So, with that being said, let's get some score predictions for tonight against the main Black Bears. Let's start with you, Sam. I think this game, I think UMass pulls away very quickly. I think it's going to be a blowout. I think, give me, give me a 67 to 54, UMass. I'm a little worried. I do think Maine hangs around. I was considering picking the upset. I don't think it'll happen. I'll go UMass 68, Maine 60. I feel more confident in this women, minute women team than my two colleagues here, apparently. I think UMass will play very well. 78-53 to 53 is the final UMass wins. Wow. Yeah, I, I think I'm closer to Jacob on this one. Um, my score prediction is going to be 73-60. to 60. I do think that uh, Maine is able to get the scoring going a little bit. I think UMass does go out to maybe an eight-point lead in the first quarter, uh, but Ann Simon and uh, Olivia Rockwood, who scored 17 in their last game, they're able to shoot the ball a little bit, keep it relatively close, uh, and make it under 20 points, but not not enough to really make it that close of a game. Uh, but with that being said, I think Friday against Harvard, that is going to potentially be one of the games of the year. Harvard is a very, very good team. They have a three-headed monster in Harmony Turner, Mackenzie Forbes, and Lola Mullaney. Those three players are absolutely deadly. I I think we have to focus a little bit on Harmony Turner, who had 31 points in their first game against Rhode Island, who, you know, they are not a bad opponent at all. Right now, they're projected to finish in the top four in the A-10. So, how much of a threat does Harvard pose to UMass? They pose a very big threat. They can beat you in a lot of different ways, from outside, from inside. Their versatility is scary, and they match up pretty well with UMass, all things considered. 
Harvard's two wins so far are over teams that I think are at least fairly comparable talent-wise to UMass. URI entered the season as one of the first four teams out in bracketology. Boston College last year was team number 69 in March Madness. They were the designated COVID replacement team. So first team out of the bracket. Granted, that team is nowhere close to as good this year. (laughs) So Harvard's picked up two quality wins already, and that offense was on fire against URI. That could be a problem if UMass doesn't show up for that game. I think there's a substantial chance that Harvard gets the home victory against UMass on Friday. And that's nothing against UMass. That is just the fact that the Crimson have been very good. Like you said, beating URI by 14 points, beating Boston College by 9 points are impressive victories to start the season. And Harvard will have a week off by the time the Minute Women roll into town. They have those three players that you mentioned, Josh, who can light it up. Lola Mullaney had a big game against UMass last year here at the Mullen Center, but Harvard has shot over 45% from three through the first two games this year. They're shooting over 49% from the field. They're good from the free throw line. Their rebounding hasn't been a strength of theirs, but I think Harvard's hot shooting to start the season could propel them to a victory. I don't think UMass UMass cannot take that game lightly. The Crimson will be ready to play from the get-go at home. And Jacob, you mentioned the hot shooting. They are 13th in the country in three-point shooting right now. That's pretty That is scary. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they are a great team, but I think having a week off is not necessarily a good thing when you're a team that is on fire from three. It's like when you're shooting as well as Harvard is shooting right now, you want to play every day. Yeah. You want to take, you want to play a game, go to sleep, wake up, play again, keep that hot streak going. When you sit off for a week, obviously you're you're having your practices. You're still playing basketball, but anyone will tell you practice is way different than in-game play. So I, I think having that long break could hurt them a bit. For this Harvard team, this is a team that is going to be good for a long time. Uh, we are going to give our score predictions for that Harvard game and then real quick have our segment once again of Stump the Senior. But what do we think happens in this Harvard game on the road? I think UMass, they'll keep it close. But overall, I think they'll run into a bit of a hacksaw. They pull away late. I think this is going to be a very high-scoring game. I think I get Harvard 80 to 76 over UMass. Wow. Okay. Interesting. I think UMass will win. It will be close by a score of 72 to 66. I thought I was going to be the only one picking the upset in a high scoring game. You went even higher scoring than I was going to go. <laughs> Harvard 74, UMass 72. Okay. Okay. Not I'm an upset, but. All sorry. right. So we have some pessimistic. <laughs> UMass, UMass critics here in the studio today, but you know it is on the road. I do think that overall UMass has the better team. I think yeah. they're going to go into this game. It's going to be hard fought, pretty low scoring. I think we're going to see much better defense. 